Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hands. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. Today we're going to have a conversation about a way for you to strategically just bring the love of Christ into your neighborhood. We're talking today with Sean Bailey. He's from Apartment Life, on mission, at home. That's what we're talking about today. Sean Bailey, welcome to I Work For Him. Thanks. Appreciate it, Jim. You know, I'm glad that you uh, you and I uh, had many travails as we uh, battled through these spring breakers to get here today. <laughs> so talk to me about how Christ is making a difference in your life today. Okay, so I've been on this journey probably for the past five years since I joined Department Life, just to redefine what it means to be a neighbor. Um, Christ called us to love God and then love our neighbor. And it seems so simple to do, but yet even though I've been in ministry for almost 10 years now, I can't say that I really learned how to do it until the last five years of life. I worked for a, a very large church in the Central Florida area. Uh, I was on staff there. I, I was doing all the ministry that you could pro- possibly drum up in a life of ministry. But yet, was I being a neighbor to those that were closest to me that God strategically positioned me to love and care for? And to be honest, until I joined Apartment Life and the team of Apartment Life, I don't think I knew what it meant to really be on mission within my neighborhood. Okay, so then take that personal. So then you drove it on. So the Lord opened that up to you. Yeah. So how has that impacted your life, your marriage? How, how has that changed your perspective on what? I mean, Christ comes in. We're never the same once our lives are impacted by Christ. Amen. So how is this new revelation that 
you are learning to be a real neighbor the way Christ said. How is that making an impact on you and your bride? All right. So let's let's look at Jeremiah 29, 11. Everybody knows the verse. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, yada, 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 right? Nobody really reads the point right above that, that Jeremiah 29, 7 says, Seek the peace and prosperity of the city which I carried you to, into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. So how that works out in my life. I was in a very nice, affluent community in College Park, Central Florida, Orlando, which was a, a great place to grow up. It was where I grew up. I came back from college to live into a, in a community where I thought, man, th- this is where I want to raise a family. Yet I didn't know a neighbor. I didn't know what was going on in my community, and I didn't know anybody there. Then I leave this large church. God calls me to go move into another part of the city where I have no idea where I'm going, no idea who I'm connecting to. And God begins to call me to, number one, pray for my neighbors, to move into a community that doesn't look like the community you would really want to raise a family in. And it becomes this place, kind of the training ground, where he says, meet Nancy, your neighbor, first. Nancy's a widow. She's been alone for about five years. Husband has passed away. And she really is struggling with how do I continue on without my husband? She's got uh, early onset Alzheimer's. You can see it. Everybody in the neighborhood knows it. But nobody's serving Nancy. I was a pastor on staff. I knew what it meant to, to minister to elderly folk, but I didn't know what it meant to actually be her neighbor first. Uh, it was funny. The, I remember the first time I met her, um, the f- first thing that comes out is, oh, oh, you're a minister. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, I'm a minister. And to most people, that becomes a title and becomes your identity in that scenario. Well, to be honest with you, for Christians in today's world, neighbor is the better title. It doesn't put up walls. It doesn't put up any conflicts. It allows for you to have a personal relationship with an individual, which gives you all the credibility and buy-in to be able to really get to know their lives and love them as Christ has called us to love them. We're talking with Sean Bailey from Apartment Life. You can find out more about Apartment Life online at apartmentlife.org, apartmentlife.org. Really, we're talking today about being on mission at home. Sean Bailey, you were sharing about your neighbor. And how you've learned to be a neighbor mm-hmm. to your neighbors. Talk, you finish that story. You were talking about your, your next door neighbor. Yeah. So, so knowing that there's a woman living next door who is dealing with Alzheimer and, and a topic I've never dealt with before. I'm, I'm 35 years old. I have a young family. I have three kids under the age of six. I've, I've got enough crazy going on in my life to add more to it. And uh, the book we're talking about, The Art of Neighboring, uh, that we're going to be giving away, that book, the first couple chapters there talks about getting past the fear of getting to know your neighbor because there's a lot of fear associated with it. I mean, most people today think there's a serial killer living next door to me or a rapist or some other thing. There's no way I'm going to allow their life to begin to become a part of my life. But the reality of it is if you don't know who they are, there's much more likelihood that they are going to be something messed up. And if they are messed up, you better, you better be their friend before you're their enemy, right? So so let's go ahead and get past the crazy part of that, of bringing that fear into your world and go knock on the door and get to know their name. Well, and it's it's a powerful subject. Our church, many years ago, put a challenge out there. To listen, get to know the names of the neighbors at your front door, your back door, and both the side doors. And I'm thinking, people got to be told that? Mm. I mean, I live in a neighborhood of 30 townhomes. I know everybody in the neighborhood. Okay, but I guess I'm weird because I didn't, you I didn't, weird. I did not know that people didn't know. And what I was surprised is one of the pastors of our church said, I didn't know my neighbors. Mm. I'm like, what? Yeah. You got to be kidding me. But I mean, Jesus was serious when he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. 
Well, how, which part of that can we understand? Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't get that. Talk to me. You've got a pretty unique perspective on, on life. How does your perspective in your job give you a, a vantage point into the brokenness of the world? Because you're, you're teaching others to be neighbors. Mm-hmm. How does that help you understand the brokenness that we deal with all the time better? So as you go through the onboarding of becoming a, a staff member in apartment life, you, you begin to see a world. I mean, because most of us have lived in apartments for a short time in our life or, or whatnot, but it, it's not something you regularly reflect on. Most people think of apartments, it's kind of a like a psychological disconnect, right? I lived in an apartment, but I never called it home. I called it my apartment. When I was hanging out in college and said I was going to go back to my apartment, I never said I'm going back home. I said I'm going to my apartment because home was something that I'll move into later with a family and with kids and all that. And even today, that disconnect is even continuing. It's it's becoming more separated from what we realize. We really just think of as an apartment as this place that I'll be at for a short amount of time, but I will never really lay roots in that place. So with apartment life, we find out that, well, first of all, of the people who live in apartments don't know another person by name in their complex. 51% don't know another person. Have no connection to anybody in their community. So large area of disconnect, depression, suicide, whatever you want to go goes along with that. Now, that number is a lot less in in, uh, regular single family dwellings and and your your cul-de-sac neighborhoods, communities, things like that. But the other number that's staggering is that 95% of them have no connection to a local church, 95 to 96%. And that number is staggering. When you look, 95 or 96% have no connection to a church. Now, I lived in an apartment only one time. No, that's not true. Twice we lived in apartments. Martha and I did when we were newlyweds. But we knew people in our in our neighborhoods. Now, now that was 30 years ago. Maybe it was safer then or maybe people, I, I don't know. I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to know. You do run into people occasionally. Mm-hmm. And, but that's back in Minnesota where you have a reason to get to know your neighbors because usually you're helping them shovel out their car right. so that you can they can help you shovel out your car. Yeah. So th- that gives you a common bonding kind of experience. That's a little bit different. And then we had the, the we had a Korean neighbor who cooked kimchi all the no. time. That was not pleasant, but yeah, you know, it was still a great neighborhood. So talk to me about where apartment life came from. How did it right. get started? So essentially, uh, 15 years ago, there was a man by the name of Stan Dobbs. He was a pastor at First Baptist Euless in Dallas, Texas. And Stan's heart for the community that was right across the street from their church was was driving him mad. It literally was, Lord, there's nobody coming from this apartment community to my church how do I how do I go reach them? How do I go you know just even get to build a relationship with them? And what he found was the property manager was so concerned with well if if I have to allow your church to come in to give backpacks or do VBS or do something like that because of fair housing law non discriminatory law that was based back in the seventy or started back in the seventies um, somebody else is going to come in and say well I'm Mormon you don't let me give out backpacks or somebody else so. There was this, okay, wait a minute, the church can't go here because it's really, there's a wall built around this. And so if we go in there, this manager feels like she's going to be in violation of one of these things. And so his heart was, okay, well, Lord, then then what's the model? How do we do this? And, and what he began to do is really connect with local businessmen and find out, okay, the apartment industry has two major needs. It has resident retention as a need and customer mm-hmm. satisfaction. And he said, well, well, what drives customer satisfaction within the apartment industry? Well, at the end of the day... Do people love where they live and do they want to stay there because they know they have friends in the community? So the friendship factor, as we call it, is really the number one driver in retention. If you move into an apartment community and you have zero friends, your likelihood to renew is 26%. If I can help you to make four to seven friends, your likelihood to renew goes over 56%. That's a big 
difference. Huge difference. It makes it a lot easier for the property manager, too. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're not constantly churning and burning apartments. And it's much more expensive for the property manager. Absolutely. Because they're constantly having to paint stuff and refurb stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, and the stuff that you do to build that type of relationship, that type of sense of community, as we called it, the sense of community is built just on people meeting people. So what we do is we said, okay, your Stan basically came up with, well, Lord, these are things that come naturally out of the Christian walk. We welcome people when they move into a community, or we should. Um, we do events that bring people together, or so we should. You know, we, we get to know the lifestyle of the people that are around us, and we, we just love on them. That's what Christ did. Meet them where they are and do the things that would naturally make them gravitate for the opportunity to build friendships and build relationships with those individuals. So when Stan took that idea, I mean, he laid it out. I bet he got a little resistance from his church. Do you know any of the story when he first laid it out? Because I bet, you know, church people, they don't like change. And you're talking about changing the model for learning how to be a neighbor. Well, and that's why apartment life isn't a church program. Sure. This, this isn't something that the church could even No, we're harness. talking about church, the body of Christ kind of Right, church. right, right. Church, the church, yeah, absolutely. So essentially... The the program, luckily Stan has a background, uh, worked for Intel, and ha has a business mindset. And so he began to build out this program of really for the purpose of how do we go fix this problem in the industry for them? And then the backstory of that is, now where do we go find people that would actually do this? Where do we train people up that would love to do this type of thing? And to be honest with you, a lot of times it's hard to find people like this in the church because like we said before, reaching your neighbor is scary. It's, it's something that everybody has a natural fear from. And so our goal is basically to find people in the church, cultivate them into just people who will love people and love getting to know people, and then build out of that a program that, that just does the metrics. Three to four, three to five percent increase in retention. That's what they want to see. If you take a three hundred unit property and you increase their retention three to five percent, you've just put a hundred thousand dollars back in their bottom line. Th those numbers it doesn't matter who the apartment owner is or any you're of the concerns they have. You're talking three to five percent. You said thirty percent. If you could, if they could get four to seven. Absolutely, friends. yeah. I mean, if you're do talking to the entire community, and, and the amazing thing is, is we do it simple. It's very simple. You host an event on property, which the apartment. Oh, don't give away all the secrets okay, already. Because okay, 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 okay. I want to step back because, you know, the church is the church. The body of Christ wants to send missionaries overseas. Right. And what I have have heard from some of my missionary friends, we send people overseas who never could make friends in their neighborhood back here. That's the truth. And we go there, and they don't know how to make friends in their neighborhood when they go in a foreign country. Right. So really, what you're what you're teaching people to do is learn how to. I hate to use that 70s term, bloom where you're planted. I mean, really, <laughs> you're talking about sending missionaries in their own home. That's right. I mean, I mean, really, you're just talking about, okay, you already live here. Who are your neighbors? How are you reaching out to them? But, you're, but apartment life has an even more strategic plan than yeah. that. Because sometimes they don't live in the right places, and you try to get them to live in the right places. Right. Can well, we go into that or not? Yeah, so essentially... The way to think about it is I had a great uh, a friend of mine that kind of came up with this great analogy. He moved up to Denver, and it was Sunday morning, and they had just moved there, so they didn't have a local church they were plugged into yet. And he went outside, and there were hundreds of people walking down the street. And he, he started kind of looking around, like, is there a parade or is there something going on? And, and he asked somebody, he said, what's going on? And they're like, well, it's Sunday. We go, we go out and do things in the community and get to know each other and play and all that. And, and he realized... I've been in the church every Sunday and, and nothing wrong with that. Be a part of the body of Christ. But 
do you know the lifestyle and the culture of the community that you were sent, that you were supposed to encounter? When you sit on your front step on a Sunday morning, if, let's say everybody's dealing with the flu and struggling through that, take a minute, look outside your window on Sunday morning, see how many of your neighbors are actually outside cutting their grass or getting to know each other, really beginning to get involved with each other. You'll begin to see that your own culture and community, there's a lot more opportunity to serve there. All right, so let's talk about how this can get started. How does it get started? So essentially, you're passionate about this. You want to you want to go serve your neighbor. The first thing no, would I'm be... actually stymied by this because this always just came natural to me. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know where I learned it, but I don't get this. I don't get I don't get that I have to be taught that I have to be taught how to be a neighbor. I mean, I love my neighborhood. Right. I love being in my neighborhood. In fact, I think some of my neighbors are listening right now because they know I'm on the air. It's I love my neighborhood. So this it stymies me. So you're teaching me something about another part of the culture that I just don't get. First of all, if you're like Jim here and you have no problem with being this type of person, go to apartmentlife.org and go ahead and apply to be a CARES team right now because we need people that are passionate about that. But that is not the normal. I mean, these people are select and few. And most pastors, if you were asked them, find me two people in your church that would right now leave whatever their, their lifestyle is to go and live in an apartment community to serve people and love people well. Most pastors have a hard time finding those people. Now, I don't know if it's because the pastor doesn't have a strong enough relationship or if it's the fact that people are still scared to do that in the society that we live in today, but it's a hard person to find that. And so we just want to know, do you love meeting new people? That's That's one of the core characteristics of a CARES team. Do you love meeting new people? And do you feel that God is calling you to step out in faith and do something different with your life? Once you have those two things down, we can easily begin to bring somebody else in and train them on how to really reach out to their neighbors. Hey, can we give away two copies? Let's, yeah, for okay. sure. Okay, Ace, we can give away two copies, just so you know. <laughs> I'm just letting him know. Because he's the phones are ringing. Awesome. So, so you're, you're resonating here with people. Awesome. I'm just going to type this up to him so he knows because they know he's on the phone. Awesome. Okay, so... You get started yeah. by just finding people that are willing. That's I mean, it. They're, they're just willing to be willing. That's right. And they don't necessarily know what it looks like, but they're people that like to know new people, like to get to know. I'm just thinking about, Martha and I have always talked about, my dream, you'll, you'll love this, is you know where the, the funnest neighborhoods are in, in Tampa Bay right. are the 55 plus neighborhoods. Right. Because they always have neighborhood activities. Tons. Right. So, but I'm not old enough yet. <laughs> I got five years till I'm going to be old enough to be in the 55 plus neighborhood. I've always told Martha, I, and you know, they're mostly mobile home parks, which get blown away by tornadoes, things like that, hurricanes, issues. Right. I'm thinking, that's where I want to go. Right. Because there's a lot of, there's a lot of fun stuff that goes on. You get to know a lot of people. There's no reason why you shouldn't be able to know everybody in the entire park. So that that was now, Martha, if you're listening, I didn't buy one yet, but, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. OK, so what, it gets started. You just reach out to people that are like they can go out to apartment life and go, yeah, maybe I'm really interested in this kind of a mission. That's right. But what does it look like? What does it look like at, to be part of the CARES team? Awesome. So we're going to train you, first of all, like any any missionary organization or any organization that's going to send people to go do something abroad. We're going to teach them first. This is the rules of engagement. This is how you need to understand, because the reality of it is, is there is fair housing law and things that we need to be very respectful of. Fair housing law was made so that people wouldn't be discriminated on when they wanted to move into an apartment community. And so we learned the rules of all all of the industry to make sure that this team knows that, I mean, first of all, it should be natural. You're a Christ follower. Why would you discriminate upon anybody? But the thing, the reality of it is, is there have been pretty bad people in the past in the apartment industry that have said, you can't live here. You can't do this and that. And it, and it comes down to simple things like, you know, if I put a sign up that says kids only event, 
that's discriminating on people who aren't kids. And so those laws are, are intact right now that we, we have to respect those things. So we, we train you the rules of engagement. Once that training part is done, we're really going to put you on a community where that community manager is going to give you the favor of that community. So you're basically going to get a budget that you can use to throw events on that property. We're going to train you how to do that. Um, you're going to do welcome visits. So you're going to go knock on their door and say, how was your moving experience? And really just listen to what so this resident has like to say. almost like a part of the apartment complex team. Absolutely. We're an extension of their staff. Extension. We're not, we're yeah. not ex exclusively a staff member. We're an extension of their staff. And we are the CARES team for a blank community, basically. And we let them know, hey, your manager and the owner of this community cares so much about you. They actually hired us to come in and do this. And so we're, we're going to provide a business, basically. And, and to be honest, the CARES program is not a faith-based business. It is really just a business that goes in to serve the community, to build relationships with people and get to know them. Now, the church gets opportunity there because let's say this this person says, I just moved in last week and uh, I had to move away from my, my uh, wife and kids because we just got divorced and I'm struggling through that. I mean, we have a community in Orlando it is literally the land of misfit dads. It's all divorcees who live in this one community and they're struggling through life. They don't know what to do and kids come over on the weekends and for visits. They need somebody who's connected to the body of Christ to be able to say, hey, if you need marriage counseling, if you need some resources for youth group, whatever it may be to help you through this hard time that you're in, we'd be happy to give those to you. And if you need something that's maybe not in our faith or maybe that has no faith connection to it, we'll help you with that as well. Whatever it, does, whatever it will do to help and serve you, that's what we want to do. But really what you're doing is you're teaching people to do what they do best, which is to love people. And you're teaching people to love their neighbors. That's it. To serve their neighbors. That's it. So it's really like an extension of the I Work For Am Nation. You heard how I open the show. Absolutely. I open the show every day that way, not just because you're here today. And we're trying to get people to do that in their workplace. Yeah. Just to, because there's people in the workplace that they, people work alongside people all day long. They have no idea what these people, who these people really are. Yeah. They don't know anything about them personally. And that's the encouragement. Are you ever going to get an opportunity to share what Christ has done in your life unless you befriend them? That's right. You know, get to know these people. And that's really what you're talking about doing, looking for ways to serve people. Absolutely. I mean, we we know that being missional and being on mission isn't something that you schedule. It isn't something that you put on a calendar and that's when you're going to do it and that's when it's going to get done. It's something that naturally happens out of the Christian walk. I walk outside and the guy who lives next door to me, his car is broken down. I'm going to help him to get some jumper cables or I'm going to help him to fix his flat tire. I'm going to do something like that. That's sharing the love of Christ. That has nothing to do with religion, faith, anything, but it has to do with just being the hands and feet of Christ to people. And it may gain you the opportunity to share the gospel with that person or just to share your family. I know a lot of people in my neighborhood have said, just watching your family and the way that you live has been a witness to me. And I want to know about that. Well, if it's as simple as that, and I don't have to really do anything but love my family to do that, then I'm being a witness and I'm loving my neighbor through loving my family. Pretty simple to do. So what's your bride's name? My bride is Ginger Bailey. Ginger. She's amazing. I figured she had your same last name. That, that makes so, <laughs> Actually, she had my last name before we got married. Oh, really? No relation. But Seriously? Yeah, she did. You married I your did. cousin? She, well, she married me because she didn't have to change her driver's license. That's <laughs> that what we what said. It was? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you and Ginger, what, what, what do your neighbors learn when you actually are arguing then? Oh, they, they learn that we're going through stuff. I <laughs> okay. mean, that's the reality. With three kids under five, six years old now. There's no tension there. No, none at all. None at all. And... It's a reality. Are they boys and girls? Are they all boys? Two boys, one girl. So you got no action going out of your house. Your house is so quiet. It's a mellow place. It is crazy. Nothing going on there at the Bailey household. All right, listen. We're talking today with Sean Bailey from Apartment Apartment Life. You can find out more about him online at apartmentlife.org. Talking about being on mission at home, right there in your apartment complex or your neighborhood. You know, Sean, 
There's people tuning in right now that weren't part of the show in the first half because they're just they're just getting uh, in their car, they're leaving work or whatever it may be. Just do a, apartment life. What's it all about, and how is it impacting apartment complexes? Because this is a business model. Yeah. Serving neighbors is a positive benefit to these apartment complexes. Absolutely. So we talked before the friendship factor. It's all about getting to know people, and so really connecting people with other people is, is really the number one thing in our business. All we do is throw an event. You know, Dave Runyon's book at the end of it, it'll tell you how to throw a block party. That's a really simple thing to do. Cul-de-sac communities do it all the time. Apartment communities try to do it. They throw The manager buys like three or four pizzas and throws them down and says, hey, we're having a party. But what comes out of that is single mom Susie meets single mom Diane. They both have the same lifestyle. They both are struggling with the same things, but they've never met each other before. Well, when we connect those two together, their likelihood to renew just increased. So to the apartment owner, having those two people meet each other is, is huge. It's exponential. And they're throwing tons and tons of money out the window, paying for marketing on RealPage and all these other different things to increase their likes online and all that. And the reality of it is, is if you have a property that where three or four single moms are all talking about their mommy club on the Facebook page of that property, I guarantee you the next single mom who's going to move in there is going to want to be a part of that community because there's already this lifestyle, this culture that's already being created there. So we are culture creators and we use that really to to sell the business model. At the end of the day, we're going to increase their retention by three to five percent or maybe these brand new lease up communities. They don't care about retention. They're just trying to fill up the building. Well, then we're going to throw one of the biggest, most massive events with 20 people that they have there and have all of them invite their friends to that community. And when they come in, they are 40, 60. We have 200 people show up to our events sometimes at pool parties. Massive, huge events. There's not a property manager alive that wouldn't pay for that. I mean, they're needing that every single day. And so we throw that big of an event. The buzz around the community naturally comes out of that. So if you're a property owner, you see the value in the marketing and the buzz that comes from that. So this imp- so the impact is not only on the people living out the neighboring mm-hmm. because because if you or I go move into the neighborhood with our families it's we're going to go make an impact yep. but it's going to make an impact on us but we get to participate in the impact that our lives in Christ get to make on other people Absolutely but the apartment complex is financially benefits Absolutely. Which is huge for them because then they will endorse more and more of your activities trying to draw people together. Absolutely. Right now, we're in Central Florida. We're in about 25 communities. We're, we're up at 30. We let go of a few. We're growing. We constantly are surging on that. But because the industry is so volatile right now, there's new properties selling and going. And right. so we're constantly growing. But across the nation, Apartment Life is in over 400 communities nationwide. That's a huge footprint. That means we throw 15,000 events every single year. That's a lot of events. That's a lot of stinking events. We're pretty good at it at this point. All right. So we got a text from my wife. She she asked a really good question. So we want to make sure you ask this. How can people that have never met anyone in their building or neighborhood get started? They're probably afraid to, but how do how do they get how do they get started? So maybe they're not part of your apartment life team. Right. But they want to they want to be they want to just I want to be my neighbors. So what do we do? Yeah. So if your neighbor has moved in or there there's this natural opportunity during the holidays. Bring them a gift. Get to know your neighbor. Get to know their name. I, I have a map like you, kind of your church talked about doing, Dave Runyon's book. They have it on the on the book. It's, it gets to know the people in front of you, behind you, and beside you. And write their name on that little map. Get to know who they are. Get to know who their dog is. This is one of our training opportunities here. We will ask a group of people who want to be a CARES team in an apartment community, tell me how many neighbors you know the name of. And then tell me, what's the name of their dog? What's the name of their kids? 
What school do their kids go to? And begin to ask them all of the diving questions and that would actually tell you, you don't know your neighbors. And the reality of it is, is once you get past maybe the kids' names, there's not much else you know about them. You may know, oh, I think he's a realtor. I, I think that. But get to know that stuff because when you know that, there's natural opportunities where you, your lives will intersect. So do you make people that uh, are, are the people that get sent out of the mission field of being part of apartment life? Mm-hmm. Do you make them get dogs? Because that's the easiest way to start up conversations. <laughs> it is. It is. Well, I mean, we strongly encourage it because really? most most apartment communities today are totally animal friendly. I mean, it, it's absolutely crazy. If you come down uh, to one of these pause in the park type events that we have on apartment communities, everyone's opening up a dog park in every apartment community nationwide. Even if it's the high, mid, mid-sized high-rise downtown, they've got a dog park upstairs that yeah, drains yeah. and does all this stuff. You don't want to know where that stuff drains to, but it, it does. So... <laughs> That is, you heard that right here, and I work for him. <laughs> but that's a great place for you to meet people. Go to the dog park. Go down to the, I mean, if you live in a cul-de-sac community, how often do you go with your kids to the park to meet that single mom reading the book that's sitting in a chair next to you? The reality is, and even in cul-de-sac communities now, I have a lot of friends that tell me, hey, the three families that used to be really tight with us, two of them have gone through a divorce in the last six months. That's hard. That's rough. And they didn't even see it coming. If you didn't see a divorce coming then I guarantee you're not being the neighbor that God's called you to be yet. Yeah, well, that's a whole other subject for another day because 70% of the people that get divorced in church, nobody knew until the day they announced it. Hmm. And, and that's just a whole other topic for a whole other day. So you're looking for certain people to yeah. be sent into the apartment complex world, to yeah. live out their faith and love their neighbors. That's it. So you got some qualifications. Let's talk through these qualifications. Because it, it takes a team of two to execute the CARES program. That's So you're really looking for husband-wife teams? Husband and wife or two single individuals. And most people think, oh, this is a great idea for that, that young married couple or for the, you know, the young folks that are coming out of college. I guarantee you that some of the best teams we've ever had in the nation have been people over the age of 55. If you're an empty nester... That's not really that old, Jim. No, right. I, I know. I'm not saying that's old. I'm just saying if you're becoming an empty nester, you're going into a season where God is about to use you exponentially because that other season of your life has moved on. Go do it. Go do something that's just crazy. And a lot of people, you look at the the fastest growing population into the multifamily industry right now is the 55 plus community because they don't want that mortgage. They don't want to go through another foreclosure they went through five, 10 years ago. They're they're struggling through having to maintain the home anymore. And so you go into an apartment community, they mow the grass for you. They take care of everything you need. And it's about the same price you're spending on your mortgage right now. So we're seeing a lot of people move into that. So you talk about a mission field. Sure, rents are way up because of those things. Oh, oh, absolutely. Rents are on an all-time high right now. And it's looked to carry all the way through 2017. They think it's going to continue that way. So if that's the mission field, if you feel God calling you to do something different because the kids are now gone in college, sign up and do something like this. Because the the reality is, is most of these communities do have young folks on them. And some of our best teams have been 60 plus years old teams who have been become the grandmother and grandfather or mother and father to people who are totally disconnected, especially in Central Florida, very transient community. People move down here at a young age. They don't have mom and dad around anymore. They're hundreds of miles away. And when times... When you have something to celebrate, like a birthday, and you don't have anybody to celebrate that with, that's one of the most emotional things you could ever go through. What we're saying is take those moments of opportunity, those moments of celebration, and put yourself into a missional field, whether it's in your cul-de-sac or in your apartment community, 
and get to know people at those times so that you can be the hands and feet of Christ. All right, we got to get into the qualifications. So I want to talk about yeah. that, and I also want to talk about how people can get a hold of you, Sean, to be able to say, hey, maybe I'd like to do that in my own apartment complex. I already live here, yeah. but I want to change my attitude. I want to shift my paradigm, as Roman 12, 2 talks about. So qualifications. Yeah, so qualifications, husband and wife or two single individuals. Not uh, living together single individuals. No, You're same sex. A couple, couple of guys or a couple of girls. A couple of guys, a couple of girls, getting out of college. Uh, we want them to have had some experience of living together. We don't want this to be the first time because at a young age, that causes a lot of trouble anyway. So right. have some stability in there. And then we want you to be financially stable. We, we don't want you to have you know, $15,000 worth of debt, you know, killing you right now. We want you to be in a place where when God calls you to serve your neighbor next door and go out and do stuff that you're not too busy burdened with, number one, your your financial situation and also your, your job situation. Have some flexibility in your schedule. If you're able to take off work a little bit early because something special is going on on a Thursday and you want to get home by four or five o'clock, or maybe it's, you know, as a husband and wife, your your wife is a stay-at-home mom or your nowadays guys are a lot of stay-at-home dads are out there today. One of you is able to have a little bit of flexibility in your schedule so that we can meet with that property manager and serve whatever their needs are. Managers, they work nine to five like everybody else, sometimes a lot more, but they want to meet you in their business hours. And so for the business model, Model, we want to make sure you have that flexibility to be able to meet with them so you can plan the calendar of events that are coming up and really get engaged in that. So, um, And then just making sure that you have a spirit and a heart to love people and you love getting to know new people. If you're a person that is just, I love my introverts out there. I, I don't seem to have that uh, that gift, but I am fully on the extrovert side. If one of you in the relationship is that extrovert that loves to meet new people, and the other one of you is maybe the more administrative type, that's a great balance. You have somebody that can help to manage the, the budgeting and the different things that go on with keeping the program going. And then the other person, really, they're the one that gets out and shakes hands and kisses babies. Where's the money come from to run the program, to run the CARES program? within the apartment complex. It all comes from the apartment community. Okay, so they're helping support it. Absolutely. So what if you take this twist and you recognize, okay, apartment complex is fantastic, great, but I live in a home and I don't want to move. Mm. What about neighborhood life? Yeah, so neighborhood life is an idea we've been thinking about for a long time. Um, Not really a financial model to really base around it, but if we're going to say, hey, the reality is your local church has all the resources it possibly needs to be able to support your community, your neighborhood. Go talk to your local missions pastor. Get that list of resources and local ministries that your church has been supporting for umpteen amount of years. Find out what all those resources are so that you're ready. Really, most of what we do at Apartment Life is being ready when the opportunities come. It's not reinventing a wheel or anything like that. It's just saying that we're going to take all the resources that are out there and be ready as God calls us to serve people with whatever the whatever the issue or whatever the, the opportunity is that comes along in their life. And so neighborhood life is really that's what i've been doing when i mean god radically changed my life with being a part of full-time ministry and now being a part of apartment life it's simple go knock on your neighbor's door or go throw a block party during a special holiday get to know people learn their names find out what the needs are that are there for me my community there was a woman that was murdered in our community a couple months after we first moved in and it it literally woke up the community well there was an opportunity where god was calling to say hey start a neighborhood association we run that neighborhood association like it's church we serve people through that association we don't do dues we don't tell people what color to paint their houses get past that part of neighborhood and just get to know them and serve them and and really as that grows as as the scripture says as they prosper, you will prosper. As you serve them, you will be served. And really, in our family, 
our kids know now for the first time ever, I think that, hey, God moved us here because we're supposed to serve people here. They're not looking for how other people can serve them. They're looking how they can serve other people. And that's really the start of it. Look for the ways that you can serve people that are there. All right. So, but condo life, what about condo <laughs> life? Because, you know, apartments are one thing. Everybody's renting their transient condos. They're a whole different dynamic. Have you guys thought about condo life? Yes, we have thought about it. Um, condo life. It's a whole different paradigm. It is. There. Well, especially with the HOA type situation that you have there and the, and the approval boards, um, it's, it's tough to get through that type of uh, red tape. <laughs> <laughs> There's an opportunity for you and your neighborhood to reach out. Just like we challenge you to join the I Work Ram Nation, I challenge you to join Apartment Life or Neighborhood Life. You can go online to find out more about Sean Bailey and Apartment Life at apartmentlife.org. So, Sean, in the last couple of minutes, talk to me about how people can get involved, whether they're living in an apartment now or whether they're considering, wow, I could be a missionary right here in Tampa Bay and really just serve my neighbors. Uh, that's really cool. And really, when you look at it, that's kingdom-minded stuff. Absolutely. How do people find you? Yeah, so we have uh, set up a new website, missionallivinginstitute.com, and you can go on there and just go through a training. We, we do trainings in Orlando and Tampa right now. There's a few others in other states, but if you're listening here, you're, you're listening for those two areas. And that is a regular monthly training where you can really learn what does it mean to live missional. We basically take the the book, The uh, Five uh, Habits of Highly highly Missional People, and break that down into a conversation. A book, uh, five Habits of Highly Missional People. Missional people. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, church planner book that came out, uh, I think, about a year or so ago from the guys that do exponential church planning. And essentially, it just talks about simple things like what does it mean to have to be missional around a meal? You know, having people over intentionally on a meal, that's a great way for you to get to know your neighbors. Do a soup day. Food is awesome. Oh, yeah. You're, you want to break bread with somebody, you're going to get to know a lot about them. And yeah, I mean, everybody's got a fire pit now in their backyard. Go sit around it for a little while. You know, that's the, that's the goal. So Missional Living Institute. MissionalLivingInstitute.com. That's MissionalLivingInstitute.com. All right. And then if you want to be a CARES team, if, if what we've said has resonated with you, you live in an apartment right now and you want to go, hey, can, would my apartment do this? We'll go find that out for you. Don't go talk to your manager first. Let, let's let's do this through our ways first because we want to make sure that you're in a place where you can serve and do this. So go to apartmentlife.org, fill out the quick application there. Somebody from Apartment Life will contact you. We'll be in contact in the next couple of days and we'll really begin to flesh out with you what it means for God to call you into a ministry like this. That's apartmentlife.org if you want to sign up. But if you want to find out more about Missional Living, go to their website, missionallivinginstitute.com. Sean Bailey, Apartment Life, thanks so much. Appreciate it. All right, as we come to the end of another I Work For Him show, thanks for tuning in. I really hope you were challenged to learn more about apartmentlife.org. Thanks so much to Ace Andrews. Did a great job today for taking the phone calls. We got some people called in and got some books today. Going to transform some lives. Thanks to our show sponsors. Go out to iworkforhim.com, the bottom of the front page. That's where you see the people that are supporting the show. Go out there, thank them by clicking on those websites and going out there and checking out what they have to offer. Hey, what would you get on tonight? Join the I Work For Him Nation. What did you learn today? You know, we learned today that our, we already knew that our faith could impact our workplace. Most of us never really thought about intentional living, missional living in our homes, in our neighborhoods to really see that as a missionary opportunity. 
What apartmentlife.org is all about is creating neighborhoods and being a blessing to other people. Whether you're in an apartment, then they're working on neighborhood life. They're not working on condo life for those of you that are working on condos. That's a whole nother world. But you and I need to understand that the battle for the souls of our neighbors is just as intense as the battle for the souls of our coworkers and employees. These people need to know that there's a Heavenly Father out there that can love them. And you and I, we may be the only Jesus that they may ever meet. Learn how to be a neighbor. Go out to to iWorkForHim.com on Facebook and check out the links to ApartmentLife.org or MissionalLivingInstitute.com. You've been listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower, and I own my own business, but ultimately, I work for him. (laughs) 